Chris Paul is a son, but he looked like a wizard on the floor against the Brooklyn Nets. Gary Trent Jr. making Masai Ujiri look really, really good with another 30-point game. And we play real or fake with the next development in the Ben Simmons saga right now on the Locked On NBA podcast. You are Locked On NBA, your daily NBA podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hey there. Happy Wednesday. Order is restored once again on the Wednesday Locked on NBA show because our East Coast elite is back in the driver's seat. Uh, I'm John Corrales, uh, host of the Locked on Celtics podcast. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at John Corrales, at John underscore Corrales. And I'm Jake Madison, host of the Locked on Pelicans podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at Nola Jake. I don't know. I'm holding down the South, I guess. I guess. I guess. Well, yeah. I mean, somebody's got to on this show. So uh, lots going on here. Big, big market. Oh, yeah. Yeah, of course. Of course. Um, we're going to grit and grind our way through this podcast. Uh, today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. Check out prizepicks.com. Use the promo code NBA. Get your app store. Go to the app store. Whichever one you use, download the app today. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. So, in today's show, later on, as I said before, Ben Simmons, new developments in a new ESPN report about Ben Simmons kind of diving deeper into what's going on there. Kind of, kind of just intense details there. But we're going to start with the seven games in the association. This is a huge slate for us, Jake. Uh, seven games in the association. Let's start. Right away with the late game on TNT, Phoenix Suns winning their 11th straight game, 121-111 over the Brooklyn Nets, who now have lost five straight. And this was all about Chris Paul just doing what he does in fourth quarters, taking over down the stretch, making ridiculous passes, 20 points, 14 assists for the point God. 35 points for Devin Booker, 27 for Mikhail Bridges. Uh, this was a good game until it was like it was about 70 all. And then the Suns went on an 18 to 6 run and they just maintained that that distance for the rest of the way. Yeah, look, you you saw the Nets kind of threaten at times, right? They'd get it within like four, five, six points and start to make a comeback. And then Chris Paul was like, no, we are not going to do that tonight. And basically shut the door on him, right? They had no answer for Devin Booker, who easily got to basically any spot he wanted in his favorite spots, a lot of mid-range from him too, and was able to just shoot over anyone in front of him. And, you know, the Nets without Kevin Durant, you know, down guys like LaMarcus Aldridge as well, really just had no answer. And you you look at this Phoenix Suns team and man, like they're just good. Like, I, I don't, I wish I could say something more profound than that, but like that is just <laughs> a good freaking basketball team, man. And Chris Paul, like ageless wonder over here. We, we've seen him do this for almost like 20 years, it feels like, right? Like it's like 14, 15 years. And he's in just such command of their offense, able to do exactly what he wants, like the puppet master pulling the strings. Like he was at saying some of those passes are like unreal from him. Yeah. I mean, that that's, that's, that's the Chris Paul story, right? Like he, he just, he puppet yeah. master is a great way to put it because he manipulates the defenses. He gets you to do what he wants. And, and the best part is, like he gets you to do what he wants by setting you up throughout the course of the game. First quarter, second quarter, he's he's playing a certain way. 
third quarter, fourth quarter, you see that, you know, he's got guys stepping up and then boom, those backdoor passes. He's got guys uh, cutting. You can see him every time there was a timeout. You can see him with a different guy. He's pulling Devin Booker aside. He's pulling DeAndre Ayton aside. He's pulling Bridges aside. You can see him walking to the huddle, just continuing to hammer home. This is where you're supposed to be. This is what you're supposed to do. He is the epitome of the the leader, the guy who's in control of this team. What I love about what the Suns are doing and why they're so good is that it is a full team effort. It's not just, this is the dichotomy between these two teams. It's Brooklyn trying to do it with three stars. And if any one of those stars is out, then you start to have those, those issues, right? So Durant is out. You've had the Kyrie saga. James Harden just came back. Uh, the stat that Ian Eagle dropped in this game was interesting. They, they are 13 and three when they have their whole big three together. So they've only played 16 games. How is how is that possible? Like that that right there is the is the thing that blows my mind. And so to wrap up my point, the Suns are doing it with Chris Paul leadership and obviously Devin Booker, but then a bunch of guys who just fit perfectly. And they did it last year, and there was no drop off from this year. In fact, they they just honed it in a little bit more. And yeah, they're better this year. I love that this is just basically the fine Swiss Swiss watch with the gears that all are just kind of working together, as opposed to just shoehorn three big names together on a team and let's hope for the best. No, like everyone knows their role, right? Like they got uh, DeAndre Ayton back from an extended absence. I think it was six games in this one. He goes out, fits right on in, but he's not going to play, you know, over 30 minutes just yet coming back. So you have JaVale McGee who goes out there and does exactly what he needs to do. Gets a couple of like very big blocks, including going up on a jumper from James Harden that I can't believe he managed to like corral. It's (laughs) they're deep. They play defense. They have like a mastermind on offense and an elite score. They're better than they were last year. There's a reason they've got the best record in the NBA. And and look, can't can't uh, overlook Monty Williams there as as the guy who kind of makes it all work. This is this is the epitome of the coach player relationship. Chris Paul respects Monty. Monty respects his players. You hear his demeanor in the in in the huddle in those, but he he challenges these guys. I think I think this is just what happens when everybody's on the same page. Um, and despite honestly, like one of the the biggest, I think, and most impressive things is despite all of the front office turmoil that's going on, that big investigation is still going on. That bombshell investigation that that ESPN dropped into Phoenix, that's all still happening. And these guys are just unbothered by things that would bother other teams. They they said what they had to say at the beginning, and they're just focusing on basketball. This is this is just a well-oiled machine that now now just hoping cross your fingers that Chris Paul can land this plane because I think it, it's going to be a, a great story if the Suns can make it all the way to the finals and this time like see it through. And if he can stay healthy through all of that, that's what's going to give them their best chance. All right, let's move on because we have limited time to get through all of this stuff. The Minnesota Timberwolves, 130 to 115 winners over the Denver Nuggets. This <clears throat> 68 bench points for the Minnesota Timberwolves to 49 for the Denver. 
How do you give up 68 bench points to the Minnesota Timberwolves? This game was won in the second quarter when Minnesota went on a 26 to eight run with Jokic on the bench. It was bench versus bench. And look, Carl Anthony Towns was on the bench for a lot of this too. That, that, that for most of it. (laughs) Yeah. And the Timberwolves just went off. And by the time Jokic came back in, there was just nothing you could do about it. Now it's funny. They were the, the nuggets were up to when he heads to the bench, by the time he came back in in the second quarter, they were down 13 and it was a 15 point swing. And that was the game, right? Like when you say those bench points for the Denver nuggets, a lot of that came basically in the fourth quarter when they had mailed it in and were just playing a bunch of guys. Like they did not have anything from the bench, right? Like their bench is one of the worst in the league. And look, part of it is they're banged up, right? They're, they're, they're not fully healthy, but Man, they got to get something they need, somebody, and they they just don't have it. And so when you have a team that's going off against you and like Jokic goes out and you lose those minutes, there's only so much you can do. Yeah, and then this now leads to the, the, the trade deadlines coming around the corner. How active is Denver going to be? What is Denver going to see as its opportunity here? We just talked about the Phoenix Suns. Do they see the Phoenix Suns as vulnerable? Now, I talked about how much I love all of the, you know, watch mechanics, blah, blah, blah. But also, they are vulnerable because Chris Paul does have a tough time getting all the way through to the end of the playoffs. So if I'm a Western Conference team, I'm still, even though they're up at the top and they're doing all of this stuff now, it's like, great. You've won 11 straight games in January and February. Let's let's just still kind of reload here if I'm the Denver Nuggets. I would say you have an opportunity if you can to move one of these guys and 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 maybe bolster a bench somehow. Find some scoring somewhere. Hey, I'm looking at the Boston Celtics. You've got a Dennis Schroeder right here. You've got guys like that that are available that that could be gotten at a fairly cheap price that that could help a team maybe make a run. Yeah, I mean, that's what that's what they need to do. They're just trying to limp to the playoffs and see if they get healthy and get a guy like Michael Porter Jr. back or Jamal Murray. And if they do, maybe their their fortunes change. But right now, they're just too thin. All right, New Orleans. Let's wrap it up here. New Orleans, 111-101 winners over the Detroit Pistons. Hey, we've got a Pelicans guy right here. Jake, what happened in that game? Brandon Ingram came back for the Pelicans on the second night of a back-to-back. He had 26 points. He'd missed the past handful of games. That's kind of big for him, having your best player out there on the court. But they struggled against the Pistons, took until the fourth quarter to really pull away. They they clearly need to make another sort of move, and they're looking to be buyers at the trade deadline. So they're going to be active. If you want to know who maybe they're trading for, go check out Locked On Pelicans. And if you want to know what's going to go on with Zion, I believe we're getting an update this week. So stay tuned for more. Zion news. I remember that guy. All right, let's come back. <laughs> we got Miami and Toronto part two after a triple overtime game. These guys played another really good one. We'll talk about that in just a moment. First, let's talk about prize picks. Prize picks, if you are looking for a daily fantasy option for the NBA, you need to try the award-winning app prize picks. It's daily fantasy made easy. I love this. I know you're going to love this. I was sitting there at a Celtics game covering the Celtics, and somebody came up to me and said they signed up for prize picks because of because uh, what I said on my podcast. He is addicted to prize picks. So you can certainly uh you, you can certainly enjoy this this app. You what you do is you pick two to five players 
and an over-under on their projections so you can win up to 10 times on any entry. It's just you versus the projected numbers. You're not playing against some experts in high-powered computers. You, the numbers, and that's it. it. takes just about 60 seconds to make a pick. It's safe. You get fast withdrawals. You can use the award-winning app on both the App Store and on Google Play, and you've got a variety of options. You can pick a prop, anything you can think of from points scored to rebounds, steals, Mixed sport entries. You can go from the NBA to the NFL and pick one or the other. There's college basketball that you can go to. Baseball, when it, whenever it comes back. Soccer, MMA. There are plenty of options here. And for a limited time, Prize Picks has an exclusive no-brainer of an offer for all of you. You get $50 free if a player in your first Prize Picks entry scores a single point. All you need is one point. They're giving you 50 bucks. All you got to do is use the promo code NBA, and this exclusive offer is all yours for all of the Lockdown fans. Sign up today and use code NBA for $50 free. If a single player, if one player scores a single point at prize picks. Today's show is also brought to you by TurboTax. People think unusual circumstances mean complicated taxes, but for TurboTax live experts, that's what makes things interesting. We all have unique lives. And whether you have invested in crypto for the first time this year, own an, own an up-and-coming business, or just raising rambunctious twins, luckily, TurboTax Live has experts who can answer your tax questions, walk you through the whole process, do your taxes for you from start to finish. They help you get every single deduction you deserve, no matter what your situation, how unique it is. You can talk to a TurboTax Live expert through your phone or computer leaving without ever leaving your house. TurboTax Live experts are here to help however you need. And if you need an extra hand, hand off your taxes to them. They will do it all for you. TurboTax Live experts, uh, an interesting life can mean an even greater refund. Visit TurboTax.com to learn more. You do your thing. They've got your taxes. Intuit TurboTax Live. Let's continue our march through the NBA Tuesday night schedule, Toronto Raptors 110-106 winners over the Miami Heat, beating the Heat for the second time in three games. Gary Trent Jr., 33 points, his fifth straight game, 30-plus, and his average is like 32, 32, 33. He's, he is just dropping big-time games. He is making Masai Ujiri look like a genius, not like he needs any help. But this uh, uh, Tim McAuliffe tweet, he's a host of, up in, in Canada. It's just a reminder. I think they do this after every uh, big uh, Gary Trent game. The, the Raptors traded Grievous Vasquez to the Bucks in 2015 for two picks. One of those picks became Norm Powell. The other one became OG Ananobi. They turn around and flip Powell for Gary Trent Jr. and Rodney Hood. So they turned Grievous Vasquez into OG Ananobi and Gary Trent Jr., Things are looking really good for the Toronto Raptors in that trade. That's, that's some yeah. good GMing right there. Like this, this is a ridiculous heater that that Gary Trent Jr. is on the five straight games of thirty plus points. He's going over five threes regularly during this stretch too. Mm. And all of a sudden, Toronto, a team we would have looked at potentially at the trade deadline to maybe try and shake things up, 
they, they don't need to touch anything. They should not be even thinking about moving Siakam or anything like that because he's rounded back into his all-star form. He, you know, again, 16 points, 14 rebounds, no big deal, right? You get another score in Gary Trent Jr. Fred Van Vliet has been excellent this season. It's a team that, that started to figure things out after like a rough couple of years, all things considered, through through COVID and everything that they've had to go through. They're, they're fun to watch. Like they, yeah. they look like the, the year that they won the title basically. Yeah. They look, they're active. Um, they, they are fun. Uh, they've got, they're getting contributions from a lot of different guys. Um, you know, like you said, Siakam's back. OG Ananobi just put Jimmy Butler in the ground with a dunk. Um, Trent, by the way, is, uh, if he has another 30 point game, he breaks the Marjorie Rosen's records for uh, record for 30 point games. Yeah, the, the Raptors, you know, and this is these are these developments throughout the course of the season where we come in and we say, hey, like Gary Trent, is he going to be a guy that you move or keep? Do you, do you put Siakam into a deal? Do you put Fran Van Vliet into a deal? At what point do the Raptors kind of pull the trigger on a reboot here? And then all of a sudden you look up and you're like, well, well, look, you're 26 and 23. You've moved into the eighth spot. You're five and a half games out of first. At this point, the East is very tightly packed. Can, the, with the Brooklyn loss, Toronto two and a half games out of the sixth seed. So you're two and a half games out now of getting out of the play-in if you're Toronto. So not only do you have a shot at the playoffs, the whole thing, you you have a shot to, to get some extra time off and be in the top six. That's just a testament to this is Toronto Raptors basketball. Creative defensively, get out and run, shooters all over the place, and in, in good coaching and in, in the combination of it all gives them a chance. And, you know, when, when you've got Van Vliet and Siakam and, and those guys doing what they normally do, when a guy like Trent comes up and, and goes on a heater like this, that carries the team to a, a big winning streak. Look, and on the flip side of this too, Miami really needs to get Kyle Lowry back. This is his eighth or ninth straight missed game due to personal reasons. I know they've been in contact with him, but oh, that you know, I'm I'm not worried about them. Let's say, but I'm not like thrilled with some of what we've seen from them recently. You know, he he's not going to fix everything by himself, but certainly they they hope to get him back soon too. Yeah, look, the, look, the Heat are going through a little bit. Look, they, first of all, let me just say this: they were just the top seed. Right. Yeah, so, I know. <laughs> you know, what's they're going through a little bit of a rough patch. They've lost three in a row. Um, they played the Celtics without Butler, without Tucker, without Lowry. Um, now still without Lowry, Butler's back, but he's got that sore toe that he's nursing. The the um the Heat, I think, will ultimately be fine. I, I'm not I'm not yeah. too worried about that. They'll get they'll get Lowry back eventually. And I hope everything's okay. I don't know what's going on there, but um, yeah, like Miami's put themselves in a position where you you know you kind of you're kind of scuffling along. You've lost a few games. You're five and five, and the worst thing that happens here is you're a game out of first place. So yeah, game, it's 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 not skies falling or anything. Right, right. The bigger problem I think for for Miami is making sure that you get something out of like Duncan Robinson, who's just struggling. Um, and at what point do you make some switches there? Um, but I think overall, they'll 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 figure it out. You get Gabe Vincent out of the starting lineup, and you replace him with Kyle Lowry, and a lot of things change for the Miami Heat. So, a uh, couple more games here, three more games here. Let's move on to 
the Washington Wizards losing to the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo, a triple-double in a 112-98 win over the Wizards. Basically, at the end of this, uh, Giannis decided, hey, you know what? I'm tired of this game being close. And he just went off. Yeah, huge fourth quarter from him and decided that, as you said, this game was going to be over and that's it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Giannis, uh, 33 points, 15 rebounds, 11 assists for him. Um, the uh, let me see what, what, what just just lost my notes. He so also had 13 won. points, six <laughs> rebounds, three assists, and one big block on five of six shooting in the fourth to to hammer home the point that he decided this game was over. That's right. So here's my notes. The because I've gone out of order, that's why I lost my notes. <laughs> the the Bucks had a 17 point lead that they lost, and then that's when the Wizards. Uh, that's when um, Giannis went off. But the Wizards still without Bradley Beal. They they are kind of struggling here. Six straight losses for them. They they start off the season like the big surprise, and now when you look at the standings, they're kind of like okay, this is what this is more more like it. Twenty three and twenty seven on the outside looking in. Now they're nine games out. They're they're still not quite in that Pistons Orlando poor Indiana s- sliding ever so close in the double digit uh, games behind in the standings wizards are still nine games out but without bradley beal now and he's going to get reevaluated in a week the wizards are going to be a team that you're going to have to start making some decisions about what are they doing what are they going to do with montrez harrell what are they going to do with some of these guys here some of the role players is are the wizards going to be the team that uh other teams come to look at and be like hey we're going to start to pick at this carcass it should be. It should be. They're not going to trade Beal or anything right now, but they, they should look to cash in on literally anything they can. Get something for Kyle Kuzma. Get something for Montrezl Harrell. Kuzma's played well this year, I think. Like he He's worthy of an asset or something like that. And figure it out later because, look, they look bad now after the start that they had where you said it, they were the surprise. Now, now they look like what we expected, which is not good. And that is a team that needs to just make, there are a couple of teams around the league that just need to make some changes and they are absolutely one of them. And I don't know if they will. No, I don't know if they will either. And look, Bradley Beal is going to sign an extension with them, but the pressure is on because I think what Bradley Beal does is signs the extension, gets his money. And then next trade deadline or next summer says goodbye. That's when he re- makes his trade request when he's got all of his money in his pocket. So uh, the the Wizards need to need to make this soon and start capitalizing. Look, you got you got assets in that trade for um, for the the Westbrook trade. Flip those assets into something more long term if you can. All right, moving on. Uh, the Orlando Magic put a scare into the Chicago Bulls, but lose one twenty six to one fifteen. DeMar DeRozan has 29 points. Zach Levine has 26. Uh, the big story for me here, though, is Io DeSumo, who is, I think, a, a real find for them. He made a couple of clutch shots. The The Bulls closed the game on an 11-0 run. The Magic tied it uh, late. DeSumo helps the, the with this 11-0 run, a dagger three-pointer with uh, just under two minutes left. This is this is a huge find. Everybody's talking about the Bulls and how they're they're working together, but it's these little finds that you have, like a Desumu, who is is really paying dividends for them. 
He was good. You know, you mentioned that that 11-point run they go on, and he scored five of those points, including that dagger three that you mentioned. That's huge for them. He got named to the Rising Stars game. That's great. He started in place of the injured Lonzo Ball. You need those guys to step up because you're playing teams that aren't going to go away. You've got the, the Orlando Magic here, right, who come back, keep this one close as they ramp up their defense. They have young guys that are hungry and in the NBA and aren't going to just quit. They go and do that. You need people to kind of carry you through and sometimes Sometimes you need an, you know, a kind of unlikely contributor, but he's really stepped up and had a good like two week stretch for them and has been kind of real eye opening. And look, you know, eventually he'll move to the bench. Lonzo Ball will be back. And that's a real useful piece to have coming off. And then a guy that you also trust, right? At yep. this point, he'll have the trust of the coaching staff. He doesn't need to try and prove himself. You're comfortable throwing him into some of these positions. That's important. Yeah. DeMar DeRozan, there's a story out there. You know, he and he and DeMar DeRozan had a long conversation after a bad game. And just the the stars on that team giving a young guy like that the confidence to go out there and do what he did. After the game, a big hug between DeSumo and DeRozan. It's a culmination of, like, the converse, the ongoing conversation. You know, and, and I think for a young guy to have a guy like DeRozan kind of take him under his wing and, and kind of reinforce that, th- this kid's going to come out of this game with a ton more confidence on top of everything. This is a this is a great development for Chicago. You never know when these injuries are going to pop up to have this guy coming off the bench. As young as he is, knowing that he's got the support of the team behind him is huge. All right, last game here, the Golden State Warriors and the San Antonio Spurs. Golden State, 124 to 120. Uh, no Steph, no Clay, no Draymond, no Andrew Wiggins, but Golden State rallies from a 17-point deficit. Jordan Poole had 31 points. But uh, story here, uh, Kaminga, 19 points. Uh, they got um, uh, who else? Jeez, uh, Moses what? Moody, their other first round Thank pick you. with 20. Thank you. Like, Thank you, John. Get to your tabs on your web browser, please. <laughs> I, I got them here. Like, yeah, Moses is- Moody, 20 points, six of 12 shooting, six of 10 from three. <laughs> An important development, right? Like, this is a team who's missing everyone in this game. They drafted these guys in the first round. At times, look like they might be projects. They haven't contributed a ton this year. And then they remind you why they were dra- both drafted in the lottery. And it's like, oh, they're kind of good here. Kaminga had 14 of his 19 points in the fourth quarter and basically carried them to victory. If those guys can kind of grow a little bit this season, they are going to really, really help the Golden State Warriors who have rebounded well and kind of almost shows a couple of teams around the league. Maybe you need to do that like one year tank, regroup a little bit and then go into next season healthy with with, with some more assets and players and depth that can grow alongside you. Yeah, that's, that that makes the Golden State Warriors really, really dangerous here. For the Spurs, um, just the slide continues a little bit here. They're they're a feisty team, and no one wants to play them. But they're nineteen and thirty three after this. They've lost a couple in a row. They're struggling, and they're on the outside looking in. Uh, I wonder how active they're going to be on the at the trade deadline as well. All right, let's finish this off with a conversation about. Ben Simmons, which we'll do next after the ESPN report. I know we're all excited. We should talk about Ben Simmons more. No one's talking about Ben Simmons. Why aren't podcasts talking about Ben Simmons? Uh, This was, this was an eye opening read. Uh, This was an Uh, eye opening read. So I'm kind of pumped for this conversation. Yeah. We're going to do that. uh, When we come back first, we're going to talk to you about built bar. You know, we're into February here. 
firmly into our New Year's resolutions. Um, after my trip to New Orleans, I certainly need to lose a couple of the pounds that I put on. The food down there is amazing. But now I'm going to go back to uh, a little bit more discipline. But Built Bar is going to help me do that because I'm going to be able to snack on a nice, delicious Built Bar. And I know that I'm getting 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, 17 grams of protein. It's going to give my body what it needs to kind of fuel me as I try to get back onto the treadmill and work off all those pool boys. The candy bars that you're normally going to go through, 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, dozens of net carbs. Don't snack on those. Snack on a Built Bar. But they're great after the gym. They're great if you're using them for a meal replacement. Um, and they're delicious. There are tons of flavors. So whatever you like, coconut, peanut butter, fruit, you know, any of these like different types of flavor profiles, they're there. If you've got a nut allergy, they, they have plenty of options for you. If you're on a keto diet, if you're trying that out, it works. The best part about all of this is the promo code LOCK15 works every single time for 15% off at Built.com. So sample it, try one of those mixed boxes, figure out what you like, go back, use the promo code LOCK15 again, and you can get tons of whatever you want to stock up on. Go through Built.com. They got a bunch of sales going on, all sorts of different products. And always use that promo code LOCK15 for 15% off your next order. ESPN, Jake, had a, uh, we call it a bombshell report on uh, Ben Simmons, uh, an enlightening report on Ben Simmons, shedding some light on the saga. And um, this is where we're going to play our real or fake game. And basically the report is, uh, it, it characterizes Ben Simmons as uh, a guy who is now, he, he's, he's been looking for, something from the, the, the Sixers. He has been working on his own. And while he admits that he, you know, no, he did not answer Doc Rivers texts or messages. Uh, he still wanted the, the Sixers to come to him in Los Angeles. He wants the Sixers to kind of show him some love. He's been looking for some love from the Sixers throughout all of this. And that seems to be fueling his decision-making process. Meanwhile, the Sixers continue to stand strong in their position. We're trading Ben Simmons for a star. There are only a couple of packages out there that we would even consider. And that's none of that's coming through. The Sacramento Kings made a big show of saying we're out earlier in the week or last week. And uh, so the real or fake statement here, Jake, is real or fake. The Ben Simmons saga is going to get resolved by the trade deadline. Absolutely, Absolutely. fake. Absolutely fake. They, I, you read this article, and look, it, 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 there's some mental health issues at play, right? And oh. I don't want to discount all of that. But this is a guy who just doesn't want to listen and is making his life overly complicated. And like the amount of self-sabotage here is through the roof. After reading this, if I ran a team that was maybe interested in Ben Simmons, I would be terrified to go and trade for that guy. And so I think this only complicates things. It's very clear, right? That this article was leaked and the information came from Clutch, his representation. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't paint their client in a very good light because they probably tried to get him to make some good decisions here while still being aggressive and playing hardball, let's say. And they're even frustrated with him and what he's doing. And they've said he's been fined $19 million this season and he might got a lot of that back. 
That's not great. Not working out at the Sixers facility and some going to the gym to lift in one place and then going to another gym and driving there to, to hoop. Like what, what is going on here? Right? Like this is, this is like someone he loved that loves him. Right. Just being like, I love you, but I can't take it anymore and throwing their arms up. And that's what clutch is doing here. And it's wild to kind of see, in my opinion, his representation be like, we're, we're actually not the bad guys. This isn't, this isn't on us. This is right. on him. And until he stops doing all of that, I, I don't, I don't see why a team would take a chance on him. And yeah, like it, you said it, right? Like the whole idea of he doesn't respond to any of the texts from rivers or Embiid and is like, but still, sh- still find out where I am. Cause I haven't told you and show up. And love yeah. me. It's it's literally like the movie Say Anything with the boombox above his head on the car, which is probably is. too old of a reference for many of our listeners. But you've probably <laughs> seen the picture from it at times. It's like that. That's what he wanted. I don't yeah. want that dude on my NBA team. I know. And this is this is where like the the mental health discussion is so difficult in pro yes. sports, right? Because we talk about mental toughness and all of that stuff, and so. A, a, a saga like this Simmons is you know he wants he wants them to come to him he wants to be shown the 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 love now let, let's be fair here after that playoff loss and the famous passing out of the dunk Simmons and in this piece it says you know Simmons didn't turn around and blame Joel Embiid for his playoff failures in the past, they didn't, they didn't, he didn't go down that route, but Embiid very happily put it on Simmons in this last playoff failure. And there's an actual point there to be, you know, that's, that's fair. Doc Rivers was basically putting it when I remember after, I think we did a podcast after that game and it was like, what, what are they saying? What are you guys, why are you so like, it was very obvious, like, well, I guess Ben Simmons is gone because the way the Sixers were talking was we're done with this guy. And if Simmons is, it, it has any sort of propensity towards mental health kind of issues. And, and now all of a sudden publicly your teammates, your family, this is supposed to be a family. I don't think people under, on the outside really understand how close these guys are supposed to be. They spend eight months together, basically all the time, traveling, lifting, practicing, playing. And all of a sudden, when it doesn't work out again, the coach, which is basically the father figure, and a brother of yours publicly is like, yeah, screw that guy. Then (laughs) all of a sudden it's like, well, screw you guys too. And then that can feed into, I don't know, I don't want to put diagnoses on the on, on all of this, but they're, they say in this piece, this is a mental health issue. You know, the, uh, the quote, a source close to Simmons says, quote, it's easy. Hold on. As my autoplay video. The, the internet is not kind to me right now. Um <laughs> The um, they said it's a mental health issue, um, and oh boy, this is this so is, you're not wrong on that, right? Like you're you're not wrong. Right where where 
there the, the Sixers are at a lot of fault, right? Like the Sixers are at a lot of fault Here, with here's this. The, the, the public here's shots the at him were terrible. It's easy to tell when someone is hurt when they have a cast in their arm, but this is mental health. You can't always see it, but ask yourself how many people will lose a dollar over this. That should tell you everything. They put it, they put that quote in the middle of the piece. And so that that says a lot. I think I think this thing has been handled poorly all the way around. And Simmons, I hope, is getting the, you know, they talk about him going to a therapist. I hope he's working through the issues and can understand his role in all of this. But the Sixers also need to, like, Embiid needs to be going through the same thing. The Sixers need to be going through their own, like, self-evaluation of, hey, you know, we're, we're, we're screwing this up too. And, and until they can all come to that, this thing's not going to be over. So to go back to the real or fake of does this get resolved this season? And I, I think emphatically, no, there, no. there is a path, right? Because you've heard Daryl Morey give radio interviews where he's like, yeah, I haven't done a good enough job building a relationship with Ben Simmons and that's on me. And I needed to have done more to be, you know, maybe we wouldn't be here at this point. You know, if you're the 76ers, if you're Daryl Morey and you read this, you see the path towards getting him back, right? It, you've got to be like enthusiastic. You need to give him that love. You need to do more outreach and you need to like make things not like as least frosty as possible. You know, so there is a path forward. He's given them the kind of like the playbook on what they do. The question is, will they do that? And it kind of requires them being the bigger person, right? To not kind of lose face in all of this. But that shouldn't matter to them because that's a team that has a guy who might be the front runner for the MVP, could theoretically make a big run to be the number one seed in the Eastern Conference. So if I'm Daryl Morey, if I'm Joel Embiid and I want to win a title, I'm going to do everything I can to bring him back, especially after reading that article. And that's where, while this paints people in a really bad light, there is maybe kind of a light at the end of the tunnel. Follow the steps that are very clearly laid out in this ESPN piece. You can maybe get him back to either play for you or look like he's tradable at that point, and then you move him and you're happy either way. Yeah, I think I think yeah, that's that's got to be the way to go. And, and whatever other team is out there, I think I think this is as much messaging to the other team. Show him the love. Yeah. Be be that's open. A great you know, point. be open to you know his his needs, his mental health needs. Show him that you are willing to you're trading for the person as much as you're trading for the player. And I think I think if that message gets received by another team and they can kind of back channel their way and say, hey, look, do we do what you got to do? We can we can put this deal together. Um, and when we do, we're going to welcome you this way. Um, we want you to be part of our family. And I think I think the family element is going to be a huge part of it for him. So this is this is a whole lot of messaging for a lot of people. Um, so I didn't answer. I'm going to say it's also fake, but I think this is out there for the express purpose of, hey, everybody, this is how you do this. We can get this done in the next two weeks, but this is how you do this. And if you don't do it this way, then we're not going to do it. But I just think each side is too far gone to to get it done. And, and hopefully they learn their lesson and get it done over the summer. We, right. we will find out for sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, thank you for watching the show. Thank you for, uh, bearing through my stupid internet issues. Thank you. ESPN.com for randomly starting a video in the middle of what I was trying to say. And, uh, 
thanks for all your subscribers, uh, all of you who subscribe to the YouTube show. I'm John Corrales. I cover the Celtics for uh, I cover the Celtics with the Boston Lockdown Celtics podcast. That's okay. I'm going to get through this. Uh, follow me on Twitter at John underscore Corrales. There you go. I'm so proud of you. And I'm Jake Madison, host of the Lockdown Pelicans podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at Nola Jake. Whew. Share the podcast, everybody. Tell your friends that they should be listening to and watching the Lockdown NBA podcast right here in the Lockdown Podcast Network.